Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. It's time for the Round Table with Round Daddy. Hey, Round Daddy. The Round Table with Round Daddy. Me, James Strebel, Big Daddy. With your host, James Strebel. Hey, Round Daddy, James Strebel. Gotcha. On ESPN 680 and 105.7. You can be a good person and be not good at what you do. Those are not, like, too many times. Padgett's a great person. He's got composure and dignity and class and grace, respect. Grace. And all those things are true. That doesn't mean he did a good job this year. I'm so sorry that I have to say that. Maybe you can't hear me, so I'll go shadow producer. He didn't do a good job this year. They lost six home games. They lost 14 games. Their best win of the year was Middleton. Tennessee. He didn't do a good job. I'm sorry. Classic Lachlan McLean sound, and how how pertinent of that that we're talking about uh, David Paget out of out of nowhere. We have that sound. Good job by you, James. It's the roundtable here at ESPN 680-1057. Max Godby with me. I'm James Streble. James Black producing today's effort. Four three seven nine six eighty UPS jobs text line. Uh, the flagship station for the Cards over there on ninety three nine The Ville. Uh, they're back in action tomorrow at eight p.m. as they host Syracuse. The Alex White Network coverage begins at six thirty p.m. Then after the broadcast, tune into the Coors Light post-game show. I believe Tanner, or not Tanner, Taylor Lynch has that one. Let's not keep him waiting. Kyle Boone from CBSSports.com joins us this afternoon. Kyle, how are you doing, my friend? Good afternoon. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. No, oh, no, thanks for, for coming on. And, and look, uh, the reason I have you on is because, I mean, you, you, you touched on a hot topic, a hot debate here uh, in Big Blue Nation, Kyle, and that is the uh, the Kentucky is winning despite John Calipari holding back Reed Shepard and Rob Dillingham, his two best players post, because that's been a point of contention with Kentucky fans this season as, you know, they're the two, well, Antonio Reeves in there too, two of the three best scorers on the team, some of the best, uh, highest IQ for basketball with those two guys as well. And you point a lot of things out in this article. Um, just just for our, our listening audience, uh, lay out the case as to as to you know why exactly you saw that John Calipari is doing his team a disservice by not playing these two guys, especially starting positions. Yeah, yeah. So I, I went through the numbers. Uh, there's a, a website called Pivot Analysis, and you can go and see which uh, which lineups are most effective. So you go through um, the on-off numbers, basically how effective is Kentucky when Reed Shepard is on the floor? How effective is Kentucky when Reed Shepard is off the floor? I did the same thing for Rob Dillingham and broke down the numbers. The, the numbers were pretty uh, tell, tell a pretty evident story, which is that Kentucky is much better whenever both of them are playing, and, and especially at the same time. Um, and so you go through lineup data using Evan Maya's website. Mm-hmm. All of the, the most effective lineups that Kentucky uses, uh, four of the five most effective, include Rob Dillingham or Reed Shepard. Um, and so, you know, it's like, well... It, 
for the most part, I think you could make a case that uh, playing 35 minutes or whatever it is that Rob and Reed are playing, they're top five on the team in minutes. Maybe this uh, starting them as some sort of honorary role, but the te- the starting lineup that Kentucky rolled out against Mississippi State, the second least efficient lineup that Kentucky has played all season. So wow. Kentucky continues to to roll out lineups to start games. That is just not effective. And, in fact, it's it's damaging to Kentucky to start games. And then they're bringing in their freshmen to try and dig them out of holes. So um, it's a long wind of saying, you know, I, I think probably Kentucky has a better lineup that they could start games with. And maybe, possibly, they wouldn't be having to dig out of early deficits in every single game. No, and you lay it out here perfectly. Kyle Boone with this, uh, CBSSports.com. I mean, you, you, this is their three some of their three recent losses against LSU, uh, Shepard and Dillingham, Checked in at the 13-13 mark. Kentucky loses 75-74 against Gonzaga. They checked in at the 17-38 mark. Kentucky loses 89-85 against Tennessee. They checked in the 15-28 mark. Kentucky loses 103-92. Those are all, you know, outside of Tennessee. Those, you know, those two are single-digit losses. And then Tennessee, you know, you start a little faster than that. Um, What about the – so this is the argument I've been using. I'm not saying you're wrong because I believe a lot of what you're saying is true. But I – I use the John Calipari psychologist argument where a guy like Reed Shepard, not Reed Shepard, I'm sorry, DJ Wagner, a guy like Justin Edwards, um, a guy like Ugana Onyenso, if you pull them out of the starting lineup, it affects their mentality. You might need them going into the tournament down the road. One of those three guys could have a big game. We've seen that from Justin Edwards lately. Is there anything to the psychological aspect of what John Calipari is doing to kind of maybe give it not an excuse, but an explanation as to why he's doing things the way he is? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's the tricky part if you're John Calipari, because in a vacuum, you know, I'm some guy working for my mom's basement, right? I'm breaking down numbers. I'm trying to figure (laughs) out what lineups are most effective. But John Calipari has to face this team every day. He has to manage the roster and the egos and expectations, as I wrote in the piece, that kind of come along with that. So um, you look at, you know, the starting lineup, uh, a lot of lineups that feature DJ Wagner right now are, are not very effective. Um, but at the risk of potentially, you could you could bench him certainly, and you could put Rob Dillingham or Reed Shepard in his place. Uh, but you potentially risk the chance that DJ Wagner's confidence is is permanently damaged. And so, you know, I, I think he is trying to kind of walk a tightrope in some ways and that's a tricky spot of of being the head coach at Kentucky um of being a head coach of a, a pretty young team for the most part um I think at some point John Calipari will end up having to to make some significant roster changes uh, we're not at that point yet and maybe you know Reed Shepard going for a career high on the road against Mississippi State uh, forces Calipari's hand I think it may take something like that where the evidence is obvious like you can't you can't keep having Reed Shepard and Rob Gillingham come off the bench just because they have been so effective when they're in the lineup. Do you think it's too late in the season to do that? And there's only three regular season games left. You have the SEC tournament and then the uh, you know the, the NCAA tournament, March Madness coming up. Uh, do you think it's too yeah. late for, for changes? Uh, maybe at risk maybe messing up chemistry? I'm just trying to play devil's advocate here because again, I agree with the majority of your article but uh, it, you know, is chemistry a part of it too? 
No, I, I think that's probably the only reason why why hmm. the changes haven't been made. You're, I think you're trying to balance that, and you're trying to figure out um, how how the roster in totality is is going to work, and how they're going to fit into these different parts. Where you know, if you make changes right now, um, it's before the NCAA tournament. Obviously, I don't think it's too late to make those changes, but mm-hmm. you wouldn't have a ton of time to figure out how different lineups are going to work, how teams are going to start games, and so yeah, I, I think. It's it's a lot of different factors going into it for John Calipari. Um, again, I get I could stand up here and preach. I think he should do this. I think he should do that. But Calipari is the one who has to face his team every day. Uh, he has to make those decisions, and he knows best. I think better than anyone else how his team is going to respond um, if he makes any type of significant changes. Mm-hmm. So it's just something to watch, um, and and we'll see kind of how they how they continue to improve. And maybe DJ Wagner makes uh, makes a significant improvement over the next couple of weeks. That would be a huge uh, change and, and a welcome change for Kentucky. Uh, this The ceiling, I think, uh, kind of breaking the numbers down and looking through the lineup roster data is that – Kentucky can win the national championship. And and I think this is a really good Kentucky team right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if he optimizes this lineup, this could be a really great Kentucky team. And so uh, good luck, John Calipari. No pressure. Uh, <laughs> but this is a really talented team. And uh, he's, he's probably had some tough decisions to make in the next couple of weeks. Well, that's been the, the discussion, Kyle, with, with John Calipari. It's yeah. like everything with this team will be judged in March because, as you said, this is a very talented group of, uh, of players. It's the best offensive weapons he's ever had. It's the best shooting team he's ever had at Kentucky. And, mm-hmm. you know, fans, fans are, are, are kind of – ready to pounce if they fizzle out in the tournament the way they had the past two seasons and, and, and like you said good luck John Calipari you know try to <laughs> just screw this one up is kind of how, how BBN is looking we, we're, we're like we're having fun watching the games and watching these players yeah. they're they're an easy team to like uh, they're an easy team to watch but in the end it only matters how far they go in the tournament a few more for you Kyle uh, we appreciate your time um, who, who's the one player on this team that has surprised you either negatively or positively like an example is there one specific player that you thought was going to be really good that just hasn't panned out or is there a player on this team uh that you weren't expecting much of and he's now a star i mean i'll tell you for me uh for sure for me one was was reed shepherd i I thought he'd be like the seventh eighth cop the bench um i thought he'd come in and play kind of like kyle wilcher's role when they Mm -hmm. that 2012 2011 2012 team he'd come in hit a couple threes be be a got the bench maybe for for shooting purposes maybe spark the scoring i had no idea he was going to be this this good where he's putting up 32 points and putting a team on his back to win an important road game uh anybody for you either for good or for worse oh well reed reed shepherd's the obvious uh candidate here i would echo what you said i mean this is a guy who you know was was one of the lower rated prospects in this class and you know is now clearly on the one and done radar potential top five pick he has exceeded expectations um Aaron Bradshaw, to me, I think has been a bit of a surprise. I had high expectations coming into the season for him. Uh, just because the recruiting resume and, and you know, five-star credentials and, and there was a lot of hype with him because of the size and, you know, maybe he's, he's still trying to nurse back to full health from injury in the preseason, but, um, the minutes that he's playing right now, just, he's not, completely standing out in his role and it still feels like Kentucky is searching trying to find answers in the front court they are desperate 
for some big man to stand up and stand out. And uh, Bradshaw has not been able to do that. I think that's been a bit of a surprise. Now, maybe he can do that. Um, we've seen, you know, McDonald's All-Americans emerge late in the season and they really be difference makers. I hope Bradshaw can do that, but so far he has not. Do you think that Zvonimir Vesic is starting to form into that player that, that stands up as far as the bigs are concerned? I mean, he's done a rotation with him, Uganan Yenso, Aaron Bradshaw, and it's kind of he just plays whoever's playing best at the moment. It's two games in a row now where Vesic has played the bulk of the minutes out of those three. And last game, yeah. what was surprising, Kyle... It wasn't his offense that kept him on the floor. It was more of his defense. I mean, Ugo was getting bullied by Toulouse Smith down in the paint. Uh, Zvonimir Vesic went, went there. He took some shots. I mean, he, he hit the ground a couple times, stood up, continued to play defense, blocked some shots. Uh, do you see him as the guy that's potentially rounding into form right around as the tournament comes along? Yeah, what's the over-under on Ivisic's, uh ice bath after that game, by the way? I mean, he just took so many, so many hits. He did. Smith. That is a tough, that is a tough matchup. I, I think uh, Ivisic is going to play an important role. Um, Cal Perry, you know, here recently kind of said, we may just have to outscore teams. And I think Ivisic, if he is going to be this good defensively or even just this competitive, um, you're not going to be able to keep him off the floor. Mm. Their best offensive lineups feature him kind of at the big man spot and, and kind of uh, – Using kind of his his strengths and and capitalizing on that, but he is a guy, yeah, who I who I think could end up emerging down the stretch here. I, I like Hugo and what he's done. Um, I think the Mississippi State game was a was a bit of a surprise and maybe even an outlier because Tolu Smith is is such a hard uh, defensive assignment to draw. So, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I I think they're going to have to end up using probably several of these guys to figure out how to make it work. Um, they all do a little bit of different things on on both ends of the floor it makes Kentucky again you know they have a ton of talent can they figure it out and they can they click at the right time last one for you Kyle Boone with us cbssports.com go check out it's a really good article it's got numbers it has everything in there that you want to see as far as the argument who's most productive and when they should play I, I encourage everyone in BBN to go check that out um, do you have an early final four set I know there's still a lot to play out we don't know who the one seeds are going to be for sure conference tournaments coming out but but if you had to pick uh, four teams right now that you expect to be there uh, the last weekend in March, who are they? Yeah. Uh, so, gosh, this, this is so chalky to pick right now. We don't have a bracket. Um, <laughs> right. I've watched a ton of really good teams. Purdue, I think, is going to be a Final Four team. You know, they got bounced in the first round last season as a one seed, but I really like what they've done. Adding some pieces around Zach Eady. North Carolina would be one of my final four picks. R.J. Davis has been fantastic. Yeah. Armando Baycott is back. Uh, the supporting cast that they've kind of built around that team is is really impressive. Um, I'm going to go with UConn, uh, the number one team in college basketball. Big surprise. Obviously, they won the national championship last year. They're better than last season's uh, championship team. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to win the national championship or even they're going to get to the final four. Um, but they certainly, I think, have the pieces to do it. I'm I'm ready to pick Kentucky as my Final Four team. I believe Calipari is going to do the right thing. I think he's going to push the right buttons. Um, but you know, I don't want to. I don't want to loft these expectations on Kentucky unfairly. 
Um, so I, I'm going to go with Marquette. I, I think okay. Marquette is a team that um, I, I want to pick Kentucky. I like Kentucky a lot. I, I've watched maybe more Kentucky than anyone the last couple of weeks. But Marquette, their offense is fantastic. Defensively, they're really figuring things out. Shaka Smart's a great coach, uh, great backcourt. So long as they're healthy, um, they can score with just about anyone. So um, I like them kind of in a 40-minute in a 40, 40 matchup. They can, they can take down just about anyone. Do you think Reputino and St. John's makes it? <laughs> uh, right right now, 50-50. Uh, I'm going to go with no, just because they dug themselves in a hole, but they're playing really well right now. Yeah, yeah. Being being from from Louisville and a Kentucky fan, you know I had to ask about Rick Pitino. We're, we follow course, him as closely yeah. as anybody in this area, Kyle. You know that. <laughs> well, man, appreciate the time. Uh, we'll keep reading you over there on CBSSports.com. I know it's busy for you. The tournament's right around the corner. Uh, yeah. Glad to have you on. Uh, need to have you back on soon. All right, appreciate it. Y'all take care. All right, thanks so much. Kyle's Boone there, CBSSports.com. Yeah, that's the that's the topic du jour uh, right now, Max, is, uh, is is who should start and who shouldn't start. I mean, I, I, I agree. I mean, if you look at this write-up that he has, he makes a compelling case. And it's not just feelings. It's numbers. It's, it's, it's you know, it's algorithms. It's, it's who's playing best and these are the best lineups. Um, but, you know, as I was saying yesterday – the psychological games that John Calipari has to play with these young players makes it tough just to say, okay, I'm bitching you guys. I mean, BBN doesn't want to hear that, and I'm not saying I'm advocating for that, but that's an important piece of what John Calipari has to do with the talent, the egos, and the youth. I mean, I guess. I guess. I guess. I mean, I I don't know. And maybe that's just the difference between basketball players and football players. It's mm. football, it was a very simple rule. You ride the stud. Whoever the hot hand is, that's who you go with. Yeah. No no matter what. And the guy that's able to do the job. And in the game of football, there's so many different responsibilities that each player has. Where in basketball, I there's still multiple things you have to do, but I don't mm-hmm. think to the complexity of football fair, it, should, fair. It, it shouldn't be and maybe that is maybe that at that point so much has to do with mental mm-hmm. and i just don't like the i don't like the concept of the mental games because some guys do not react well with the mental games of it yeah that, that as a coach you have to be so careful with that because again let's remember yeah, they're making money, but they're also 18, 19 years old. Yeah. Like this this is this is a high stress situation for kids at that age, especially now that you're throwing money into the mix of it. Yeah. You're now throwing a livelihood into this. It's not just a simple of you know saying, "All right, I'm anytime he makes a mistake, I'm going to pull him out of the game real quick and just see how he reacts to it." Mm. There's some that just do not react well when you do that to them. Yeah. You have to be able to allow them to make mistakes, make them make them grow into it. I think Justin Edwards, I mean, he's such a great example of a guy just giving him time to develop. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's. I don't know if, and again, Cal's around these guys a lot more than we are. Mm-hmm. But I'm hoping that he's taking the time to... He's taking the time to know which players he can do that to and which ones he can. Because I think in the past, he's he's done that to players 
and it it did not get the reaction that he was expecting out of it. And I think he's he I think he's identified at least this. He's identified that with two guys like Reed Shepard and Rob Dillingham that coming off the bench doesn't bother them, and that they're 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 mature enough to come off the bench and understand that starting isn't the end all be all. Right, and that they're fine with their roles. Um, I don't know if, and again, you're right. I, we're not around the team. We, this is all speculation, and this is what we had to do because we aren't. I wish I was at practice and saw and heard and, and what was going on. Maybe Cal feels mentally they're stronger than DJ Wagner and Justin Edwards. Maybe he knows, you know what, Reed and Rob, you two can handle it. I know you'll be ready to go, and you're on whenever I put you in this game. If I don't start DJ, I don't start Justin. If I put them in a game. I don't know what I'm going to get from them. I know at least if I start them, it boosts their confidence some. That's just kind of the way I read it. Right. I don't know how right or wrong that is. That's just what I see. Yeah. I, well, I mean, you're right. <laughs> I At least I think you're right. It's, again, all, all I have to compare off of it is when I was playing. Yeah. And it it didn't bother me not to start because I knew I wasn't, Good enough to be but, the consistent starter. But was but, there ever a guy that came in and <clears throat> was, you know, highly thought of, highly ranked, comes in, thinks he's the dude, maybe starts earlier in the season and then gets benched? And, and did you ever see any negative reactions when that happened? I mean, I I don't think I don't even think of that. I think when you have got a guy that's established, I think <laughs> that's the thing is when you've got a guy that's established mm-hmm. and they they get benched because of a young talent. Yes. I saw that a lot. How did that? How was some that guys, reaction? Some guys responded well to it. Others did not. Mm-hmm. It meant it mentally broke them at that point. And maybe that's what Cal's because he doesn't have as many guys to work with. Right, like football team. I mean, that's, there's sixty something dudes on the roster. Okay, with his basketball team, he's essentially working with like ten guys he knows could get into the game. Right, but again. Those are ten guys that are constantly going to be in the game. Like it's mm. like th- those guys are going to play. They're going to they're going to they're going to get minutes. They're yes. going to get minutes. Yes. If you're you're pulled from football and you're the backup, there is no guarantee that you're going to get minutes that day. Sure, there, absolutely. There, there is not, and those minutes drop substantially. It's not a rotation like basketball. Exactly. Yeah. You can't because the thing with football, you need consistency and continuity. Exactly. Yep. Consistency yep. and continuity, and. I think it's a lot more detrimental when you do that to a football player versus a basketball player or, heck, even a baseball player. Yeah. You do that to a baseball player, it's detrimental. Oh, no. You're exactly right. Especially for a game that baseball is 99% mental. It is. it's, It's mental and it's just skill. It's mental and it's skill. And if you mess with a baseball player's mind, it it throws them off on everything. I I never knew that until my kids started playing and seeing it in person. But you are spot on with that. Being benched in baseball or being dropped in the batter in the lineup, in like the batting lineup, that's something too. I mean, I've got, again, I got three kids that play. And if they move at all in that batting lineup, they're like, what do I do? Now, if they're moving down, it's of course like what do I do wrong? What am I? God, the coach doesn't believe in me. I'm batting, you know, seventh or eighth or whatever it is instead of batting, you know, one through five, and that, that does it. Has, and then when they get boosted up, and then the next thing you see, oh my, I'm back to batting fourth or whatever. And then there it, it is. You're exactly right. All right, let's take a break. Uh, we got Noble Funk uh, here to tell us about what they're going to do at Tailspin L Fest tomorrow.
Before we take a break, BJ Heating and Cooling, BJHeatCool.com. It's cold and nasty and grimy outside again, and it's uh, this weather is playing havoc with our immune systems. <laughs> has allergies and congestions all out there, but at least you can control the weather in your house. That's right. It can be warm or cold, whatever you want, but if there's something not working, give our friends BJ Heating and Cooling a call. They're the place I trust. They did my outdoor AC unit. It's still working great to this day, so I'm not worried at all when summer rolls around. I know I've got that Bryant uh, uh, AC unit outside. I know how that runs and it runs fantastic. They're a Bryant Douglas Equipment uh, crew. They'll do anything you need. They had those uh, also those Bryant mini splits. The 0% financing with for three years with approved credit. Free estimate. Uh, free second opinion. All that stuff. BJHeatingandCooling.com Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience, too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. Listening to the Round Table with Round Daddy. Now here's Round Daddy, James Strebel. Kentucky basketball hosts Arkansas tomorrow. Join Mike Gandolfo and Jason Nance at 3.30 p.m. for the Kentucky Fish and Wildlife Post Game Show on ESPN 680-1057. Kentucky Fish and Wildlife reminds you to enter the 2024 Elk Draw today on their website. 437-9680 UPS Jobs Text Line. I'm joined by Spencer and Victoria from Noble Funk Brewing Company right here. How are y'all doing? Welcome to the show. Thank you. Great. Thank you. We're doing good. Now they are telling me. They were telling me off air that they've been on TV before, but this is their first radio spot. And I was like, this is easy compared to TV because you don't have that camera. That camera can be intimidating. Oh, it's nervous, yeah. Yeah, it's there's, like, there's you know, hundreds or thousands of people looking at me from the other end of that camera. This is much easier. It's like we're just talking to each other in a room. That's all it is, like a podcast or something, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Yeah. Way easier. All right, so Tailspin Elfest tomorrow, March 2nd, out there at Bowman Field. Yes, sir. I know Noble Funk is uh, going to be well represented. Uh, so, what do you all have going on? What kind of products do you have? for our, 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 our listeners and the public to sample. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to bring uh, our, one of our favorite uh, Pilsners, the Pre-Prohibition Pilsner. I like that one very, very much. Also got a uh, blueberry coffee stout and then uh, a barrel-aged beer. I'm not going to not gonna announce which one yet. but Oh, so that's like a little special uh, <laughs> surprise for the folks tomorrow. Barrel-aged beer. Yes, Fantastic. Uh, so what time are y'all going to get out there and get everything set up? Now, are you two a part of that or are you Oh, yeah. Okay, so you're going to be out there tomorrow amongst yeah, so the folks. I, I won't be there nine, in person. Um, then goes till noon, set up, and then I think VIP starts at 2. So Yeah, 2.30. Plenty of time for uh, the brewers to go around and do some sampling as well. So Oh, of course. You all had to sample, too. You got to sample the competition, <laughs> wink, wink, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, we're all friends there. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, your all spot is right next to the studio. I mean, it's, it's like five minutes away. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been there multiple times. We actually just did a station uh 
appreciation party out there. Uh, great spot. It, it, it's much roomier than you would think from looking on the outside, but there's all kinds of space there. Uh, tell us what kind of stuff you have going on. What kind of food do you serve uh, at your establishment? Let the people know where to find Noble Funk and, and what you guys have going on over there. Yeah, so if you're familiar with Louisville at all, we're actually on South 2nd Street, and we're in the old Kroger building. So you're right about there being a ton of space in that. Uh, We host a bunch of different events for any stage of life. We've done anything from weddings to baby showers, and we can do semi-private events. Right, right. (laughs) Think it a brief. We're very family-friendly as well. The two owners is a married couple. They have, I want to say, a three-year-old and then, like, almost a six-month-old. So their kids are always there, and, you know, anybody can bring their whole family there as well and have a great time. We do, like I said, events. We have a brick oven pizza as well that's amazing. Yeah. Everyone raves about it when they come. So if you have a chance to stop in, you should definitely get some of our pizzas if you're able. Oh, I have before. So I, a friend of mine, he, he he's this was a couple of years ago. I was doing a Kentucky Fish and Wildlife postgame show, and he texted me. He's like, hey, meet me over here at Noble Funk if you want to get a beer after the game. And I was like, oh, I haven't been there. So you walk, when, as soon as you walk in, the first thing that hits mm-hmm. in your face is the smell of that pizza. <laughs> oh, and it's And amazing. it smells really, really good. So we got a pizza, had some beers. Fantastic yeah. spot. Yeah. Very relaxed spot, too. Yeah, the yeah. Pi- the the pizza pulls you in, but then the beer makes you stay, honestly. We have <laughs> right. 25 different taps as well. I mean, we kind of have something for everyone. Oh, you do. I mean, when, last time we were there a couple weeks ago, I um, mean, y'all had sour. Pilsners, Stouts, IPAs. I yep. mean, um, it runs the entire game. It even had like a non-alcoholic beer up there uh, as well. But no, yep. you have just about everything for every taste. Now, you brought a little mini palette in here. What did, yes, what did you bring? Yeah, so I brought just a mixed six-pack or a case. Um, so we got our Golden Oldie, uh, Pre-Prohibition Pilsner, Mr. American IPA, and then our 502 Wheat Beer. Um, oh. So we got all these in cans at the brewery as well, all ten ninety nine for six-packs. Um Got um, about six different varieties in cans right now, so yeah, really ramping up production of, of cans. So out of these, out of these, which is the most popular at the at the actual facility at the restaurant? Yeah, so the the Mister American Five Hundred Two and Golden Oldie are considered our cores that we'll have year round. So mm-hmm. they're probably our best sellers um, right now. We we do a uh, rotating pilsner, so on draft right now is the pre prohibition pilsner. It's one of my favorite beers that we've done. Uh, also, a really great sellers. I like that one about it. Yeah, yeah, I had that. I had that. It had the campfire. Uh, it's like the Smoky Bear or something. Uh, yeah. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, Smoky Lights and Boogie Nights. <laughs> yeah, Smoky yep. Lights and Boogie Nights. That's yes. a collaboration we have. Yeah, I had that one last time I was there, too. It was really good. That's a great place. Yeah. Uh, the thing about your all's place is you go in, and it doesn't matter which beer you get. Mm-hmm. You know you're going to get a quality beer. You know you're going to get a beer that tastes good. And you can sit there. And like you said, you stay for the beer. You can go try one after the other. Yeah. doesn't matter what your taste is. You're going to find something you like, probably multiple things that you like. Yep. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, yeah another 100%. thing I've been experimenting with lately is uh, uh, hop water. So it's actually just Ooh. sparkling water that I steeped hops in. And uh, I've been playing around with different uh, flavorings. So right now we have a cherry limeade hop water oh. on draft. It just uh, released today. Completely non-alcoholic. It's literally just sparkling water with some hops and fruit flavorings. It's it's really fantastic. Oh, man. So are you the brewer? So I am the operations manager. Operations um, manager, John, okay. the owner, is also head brewer. Uh, so he brews the beer. I do everything after that from fermentation, canning, reporting, 
kegging, all that good stuff. So, yeah. oh, wow, a little hop water. I'm going to try that. Yeah. My wife, she likes that Great. cherry limeade mm-hmm. flavor anyway. So, I'm going to have to. So, is that available in there? Yes, sir. Is it yes. just in cans or just buy it in the store? Just on draft right just now. Just on draft yeah. right yeah. now. Okay. Just on draft it's, right now. It's great to add like a, an ounce or two of liquor as well. And you can make it alcoholic if you want. It pairs really well with any basic like vodka, gin, whatever you'd like, depending on the flavors. Now, Victoria, what is your favorite beer? We know what Spencer <laughs> likes. What do you like over there at Noble Funk? So, I'm a pretty simple gal. I, I I'm not quite on the IPA train yet, but I'm getting there. So I would say our Golden Oldie Blonde is by far my most favorite. And then I really like the Pre-Prohibition Pilsner right now. I liked the Pilsner we had right before that as well. It was an Italian Pilsner. Mm-hmm. I am finding that I you can't really go wrong with Pilsners. Those are usually like my bread and butter. Yeah, they're they're easy to drink. Uh, they're, they're, they're one of those beers that, you know, if it's like an IPA, it's a sipper. Mm-hmm. But if it's like a Pilsner, you, you, you can comfortably just kind of drink that. You yeah. don't have to sip on it. It's, it's a good drinkable beer. Yeah. I, I'm with you on that. Well, and yeah, and we're really proud of our Pilsners. Um, uh, Pilsners is kind of this style where it's it's hard to, uh, to mask any flaws. Mm. So, you know, if you're going to make a Pilsner, you got to make it, you got to make it good. And so we yeah. definitely pri- uh, pride ourselves on the quality of our Pilsners. No, no, you can get a really, uh, I've had, I'm not going to name any names, but I've had Pilsners <laughs> that like you drink it and you're like, like <laughs> you're right, it's hard to mask. If yeah. it's a bad Pilsner, right. it's a bad, yeah, you know. bad Pilsner. Now, now th- 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 you've done Tailspin before, mm-hmm. and this okay. is, is this going to be your first one? But now I know you're going to be out there, but you've, have you ever been to the Tailspin Elfest before? No, I have not, but I've heard stories upon stories about it. So <laughs> I'm awesome. eager to hear about it again. Yeah, this year is going to be, it's going to, like, it's like on steroids. So they're going to oh, have all the beers huge. there. It's huge. They're going to have OVW wrestling mm-hmm. uh, there. They'll have a silent disco. They're going to have karaoke. I mean, there's going to be beer pong going on. There's going to be all kinds of stuff at this event, games at the different booths or whatever. So everybody, please stop by and check out Double Funk and their booth. They're one of our favorite local brewers. They're a partner here with us at ESPN and we appreciate their, their, their partnership and they do a great job. Uh, so you'll be ready for a long day tomorrow, Spencer. A fun yes, day, sir. though, right? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And so we'll, we'll be looking forward to hearing about it. And, and uh, any events or anything that you guys have going on over at the at the, at the brewery, at the restaurant, please pass it on to our guy, Andrew. Yeah. And I'll make sure here on the, on the show that we give you guys a shout out and, and let people know what you got going on over there at Noble Funk. You're, yeah. you're a local place. You're, you're a place that's close to us. So we want to be able to promote you guys as much as we can. Thank and, and you. Get, because Thank you're, you. you're, quality, you're a quality place. I, I like yeah. going there. So I think other people should come and check you out because it's 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 not a hidden gym but it's it's a gym i don't think a lot of right. people yeah. realize how great of a place it really is we're stepping more and more into advertising so we're slowly making it less and less of a hidden gem we do actually have a, a big event coming up on uh, the day before saint patty's day that's technically our anniversary so we're turning oh. three this year okay we're going into our third year of business um and we're doing like a saint patty's day x noble funk is turning three going into our third year we have a ton of deals like we said these are our three cores those will all be three dollars and 33 cents all day really yes and then we're going to do a secret power hour um can't reveal the time on that obviously where all of our draft beer is going to be three dollars we're doing four dollar shots uh or four leaf clover shots at least and we're just going to have a ton of fun the whole day a bunch of food specials and that's on march 16th saturday march 16th because yeah st patty's day is on march 17th so i mark your calendars and we'll we'll continue to promote that 
as, as that comes up, and, and we'll get people out there. Those are fantastic deals, by the way. Yeah. $3.33 for that kind of beer, that quality beer, mm-hmm. That's that that you cannot beat that and anywhere. And, of course, we'll have green beer, too. So. Well, yeah, you can't you can't go wrong with green beer <laughs> yeah. on St. Patty's Day. Well, well, Spencer, Victoria, thank you all so much for stopping by, yeah. dropping off some goodies for us here at the station. I'll be able to have uh, a few of those myself here as the show goes along, and anyone else in the studio want to take part can, uh, but we'll look for you tomorrow at the Tailspin L-Fest. Uh, have fun tomorrow. Can't wait. James, you want to take a quick break, uh, reset things, and come back with Max Gobby? Does that sound good? All right. Thank you, Spencer. Thank you, Victoria. Awesome. Noble thank Funk. You. Everybody go check them out. Uh, we'll be back right after this.